Welcome to Hour of Devastation, the weekly Magic the Gathering podcast where we talk all things Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me as always is Sam Neill. Hiya. How are you doing this week, Sam? I'm feeling pretty good, actually. I've yeah, started, good. I've started doing exercise and oh, taking nice. vitamins. Nice. So Welcome I'm, to I'm feeling world. pretty good. Yeah, I wake up in the morning and don't feel dreadful. I still feel bad, but not, you know, the worst. Yeah, so that's, that's nice. good. That's a good, a good improvement. Yeah, I just, just thought I'd probably start taking care of my body in some kind of way. So that's what I've started doing. Yeah, I, some, I don't even really know why, to be honest, but I, I decided that I was going to do that like a couple of months ago, and I don't think I would ever look back now. It's just <laughs> very, very strange. I think you, you find yourself quickly getting into a routine, and then you don't really think about doing these things anymore. And then, yeah, I find like I feel much better in, in, in body and mind just for taking those vitamins and doing those exercises and saying mm-hmm. those prayers, brother. <laughs> I mean, old, yeah. Uh, I, I... Old Kogan would say. <laughs> we don't talk about him. Good. <laughs> uh, yeah, everything hurts, but I'm not as tired anymore, so that's nice. Sweet. Um, and I haven't, you know, died in some kind of snow-related car accident, so that's also nice. Oh, good, good. That's we finally, good. We finally got a lot of snow. Um which has been nice, but also people don't know how to drive in the snow, so <laughs> I, it, I, I've nearly crashed several times, but haven't yet, so <laughs> I've not died yet. That's good. That's always <laughs> good. Always good to hear. Um, yeah, fine. I think, despite everything, I'm still me. Um, yeah, All good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just like I, like I, like I am every week. Like I am every day. It's just, it's just the same. Every single day is the same, and it's uh-huh. fine. But it's like every week that goes by, like another member of my family or somebody I know gets the vaccination. So, you know, yeah, nice. one one step closer to myself getting vaccinated, and then, then I don't know. Maybe maybe things can go back to the way they were. Sort of. Maybe who knows? You imagine you can leave your house. That would be nice. Yeah, I'd ideally I'd love to uh, get vaccinated before the new Godzilla vs King Kong film comes out because that looks sweet, and I want to go see that in a cinema. That's a nice reason to want to get vaccinated. <laughs> Go see a Godzilla movie. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's very you, I suppose. Mm. Finally, yeah. I mean, yeah. No, I could. I'm not going. To, I was. Yeah, I could, I could go. In, I could go into the, <laughs> the the excitement and anticipation I have for this film for a, for a good hour. So we'll uh, we'll cut that off quickly. How's how's, but, how's your weekend magic been? Have you played much or engaged uh, with it much at all? No, not really. Um, turns out I was right. About yep. <laughs> the market and stuff, <laughs> and reserve list prices have gone completely crazy. So that's been nice. It's nice to be vindicated on that. Yeah, definitely. Um, Where you tell people to buy reserve list cards if they want to play with them because they're going to go up, and then the the next day, <laughs> exactly that happens. Um, so I guess I've officially made some money on magic cards this week. Not that I intended to. Um, that's pretty pretty much it. Just watching aghast as prices go up and up and up on the on stupid cards. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous, and I think a lot of the things that we said last week definitely ring true. Um, you yep. know, as as always, if if you need the cards, buy them. If you don't need the cards, which nobody does right now, you can't play Magic in stores <laughs> anywhere. Hey, and if you're, you. play, if you're playing Paper Commander with your friends over webcam, then just just proxy. Like you, you don't need you do not need reserveless cards currently. Uh, yeah. 
so yeah, do, don't buy into a spike. It's the absolute worst time you could you could buy anything. Yeah, the prices will go down. Give it, you know, it it may take may take eight to twelve months for them to go down, but they will. Uh, they may be a little higher than it started, but they're definitely not going to be not going to be where they are currently. Like, it's just everything. Everything's just going ridiculous. You go to like MTG stocks yeah. and you click on trending, and like everything that is got a little reserve list asterisk next to it is up by like anywhere between 50 to 2000 percent yeah everything's gone completely wild and you know it's it's, it's crappy to feel like you've missed out on something but do not buy into it right yeah. now because <laughs> we've already seen some some cards that you know earlier on in the in the pandemic which is what has sort of spurred on a lot of these buyouts um cards are already back down to slightly higher than they were before so you, you know you'll, you'll pay slightly more for a card than you would have done say six months ago but Eventually, it will go back down to a reasonable price. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, please, yeah, please do not buy a bought. Wheel of Fortune for a thousand dollars. Like a thousand dollars? How is it a thousand dollars for a revised Wheel of Fortune? My God, uh, it's it's just gone completely wild. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just the same stuff we were talking about last week. It's it, that's it's what's happening, and it's g- going to continue to happen. I guess I, the bubble's got to burst at some point, right? Like. There's only so many cars that are left to buy out for these people to try and make yeah. money on. <laughs> They're scraping the bottom of the barrel already. Um, I mean, there are a few cars you can probably buy now and probably make a little bit of money if you're, if you're interested in that, but I wouldn't I mean, recommend it at all. Probably not by the time this comes out. I uh, Probably not, no. <laughs> um, but, yeah, if you have reserved as cars that you don't use, if you can find a buyer, try and sell them. Yeah. <laughs> give it give it a go. <laughs> if someone's, someone's willing to pay you uh, a heavily inflated price for a car that you don't want anymore, then sure, but... The market's just completely wild uh, currently, which we we knew was happening. Yeah, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, other than that, just you know, having my jaw hit the floor every time I look at the price of uh, old Magic the Gathering cards. Yeah, uh, I haven't really done Magic this week at all. Uh, I started playing Teamfight Tactics, mm. having never played League of Legends before in my life. Okay, that's like um, the the auto chess, the auto battler thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's just it's an auto chess, and it's one that my friends are playing on Discord. So I thought I'd give it a go. Um, it's very difficult when you don't know any League of Legends champions. <laughs> when you know someone's you know, you're streaming to someone and they say, "I'll take this," and I'm like, I don't know who that is. I don't know what any of these things do. Who are these people? Um, but it's just it's just a drafting game, basically, right? Yeah. Uh, it's a free drafting game that's you know visually engaging because they fight <laughs> and cast spells and stuff. And it's just it. I find it a lot more engaging than drafting on arena. Yeah, um, cool. and it's fun to just work out, and it's just it's free, and it just passes the time, you know. Yeah, so it's like, I've, been, I've been enjoying that, and it's nice to just engage my brain with a game. Um, yeah, that's that's like I said, like last week, like I started playing chess, and I very much feel the same way about that. Um, yeah, magic. I think, I guess the yeah, like the forms of magic you can play currently are mostly sort of arena formats really and they've mm-hmm. really been doing a lot for me i don't find them sort of stimulating or engaging they've kind of been the same for the past six months uh but yeah chess is something that i'm learning and i'm really enjoying and i feel just like incredibly unintelligent it's uh <laughs> it's great <laughs> you, it's nice for you to be taken down a peg every now and again oh yeah definitely definitely uh so started to start playing like chess online and sort of learning about how the game actually works not just like what each pieces do but like actually learning about like openings and end games and stuff and it blowing my mind i'm just like i, I just I, there's so many things i don't know that i never knew i didn't know and it's nice it, it feels really nice to just kind of 
feel like recognize that you don't know anything and then start to learn something and feeling like you're sort of learning things and getting to grips with it and yeah definitely definitely enjoying it a lot it's still awful though sweet i mean it's, it's a learning process right yeah definitely i mean it sounds a lot less fun than watching characters i have no idea who they are just battering the crap out of each other <laughs> yeah similar I, thing right <laughs> i tried legends of rune terror like literally played two games and was just like I don't know any of these characters I don't really know yep. what this is I've heard nothing but great things about it but I, I just I do not understand League of Legends at all so I, I tapped out of that quite quickly uh, yeah it does help if you're sort of vaguely invested fluff wise but yeah. I mean it's, it's still a fun game and like you, you just have to one of the problems is with the, the, the carousel where you're like basically drafting against other people at the same time is uh, you can't hover over them to like give you like even the name or like what role they fill yeah <laughs> or anything's so just like that looks vaguely like a mage <laughs> i'll take that <laughs> um but yeah it's, it's been fun it's been a good way to pass the time because i've kind of gotten bored of world of warcraft finally hey <laughs> yeah, right. uh it's just uh, it was just like with most games like that like i got through like the content because the the final bit of the like campaign quests and stuff happened last week and then after that it was just doing dailies and weeklies and doing dungeons and raids and i was like i can't be bothered yeah i really can't be bothered um i'd honestly rather pretty much pretty much like i was sort of two weeks into cataclysm when i'd finished the end game stuff and it's just like what am i doing i can't be bothered with this and yeah i don't i I think i think a lot of people people have it you just kind of have that moment and then you're like oh well that was that yeah exactly uh, it was engaging for a long time but yeah um after a while, I'm just like, okay, I've got to do this dungeon for the 50th time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not great. Um, I mean, people really enjoy it, but I mean, I can, you know, this content's still going to be current for at least the next 15 months. So yeah. I've got time to do it back in if I want to, but yeah. Cool. So now that we've talked about other games for like 10 minutes, should we uh, talk about some magic <laughs> on this magic podcast? Oh, I guess so. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, we yeah. can do. Let's let's do it. So this week it's it's time once again for that game that we stole from Channel Fireball when they stopped doing it and then did it the, the week we brought it back. <laughs> we picked up the mantle, right? <laughs> yeah, we did, and uh, they instantly stole it from us once again. But that's totally fine. It's it's hit our myth. It's back. Uh, this time, yeah. do you want to establish what a mythic is before we do it, or do oh, we just I don't do know. roll into it? I just like there's a certain like innate feeling that I can't really explain about what a mythic is. Yeah. And then every time I say that something feels like a mythic, you have some kind of well, honestly, and I don't mean this offensively, reason that you pulled out of your ass for why <laughs> something isn't a mythic, and I don't really understand it. So I think it's more fun if we just argue. Hell yeah. <laughs> and don't don't I mean like because like there are some things that are mythic on power level. There are some things that are mythic for law reasons. There are some things that are mythic just because like you know planeswalkers in most sets are mythics, right? So yeah. they have to be mythics for that sort of thing, or like maybe they're the, the big flashy version of the mechanic, which you'll see on a few of them from Cal time. Um, or you know there are some like okay so so before we actually get to like all the the gods that flip into other things right like the MDFC gods yeah they're cl- like most they're all, of them they're all mythics in my I mean we'll get to it I guess but yeah. in, in my you know what I mean like yeah if, once if, the once the something... show a new mechanic yeah it, it's a legendary god on one side and then on the back is is in, in equipment or whatever and that, that's not something that we've ever seen before and it looks really cool but yeah, yeah we, now we, some of them in this set are rares but yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You, I think, and you get my idea. It's just, it's kind of a feeling, or like a push, like a push power level, basically. Yeah, yeah. 
So let, I mean, let's just get to it, and then we can just start having arguments, and that's the fun bit, right? Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> cool. First up, we've got Alrond, God of the Cosmos. Uh, three blue-blue, legendary creature, God. He's a 1-1 one, one and gets plus 1, plus 1 for each card in your hand, and each foretold card you own in exile. Beginning of your end step, choose a card type, then reveal the top two cards of your library. Put all cards of the chosen type into your hand, and the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. And then on the back, he is Hacker, Whispering Raven. One and a blue for a legendary creature bird. It's a 2-3. Flying when it enters the uh, sorry, when it deals combat damage to a player. Return it to its owner's hand, then scry two. It's, so it's an easy hit, right? Yeah, it's, easy, easy it's, hit. It's a guard. Yeah. It gets bigger for cards in hand, which is kind of like, it has to be, that vaguely has to be rare or mythic. Cares about foretold cards, which is a big mechanic. Uh, also has another thing, and then has a backside, which is also a big mechanic in the set. Like it's just everything about it has to be has to make it a mythic, right? Yeah, oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, yeah, like it it has some some very very strange stats and text on the front. It's incredible art. It's it's a god. It's one of the big main characters of the story, and, and on the back it's a two mana two three flyer with a sweet ability. Like hell yeah, yep. big big fan yeah. of this. And yeah, the fact that it's a creature on both sides as well is. Obviously, the first time we've seen this and this these modal dual face cards, and yeah, I think it's fantastic. I think this is a very, very easy hit. Sweet. Okay. Well, let's let's hope we carry on with this and just agree with each other the top of the time. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Uh, next up is Alron's Epiphany. That's five blue blue for a sorcery. Create two one one blue bird creature tokens with flying. Take an extra turn after this one and exile Alron's Epiphany. It also has foretell, so four blue blue. Uh, is the foretell cost. Obviously you can uh, pay two and exile it from your hand at an earlier turn and cast it for a foretell cost at a later turn. Uh, yeah, time walks uh, mythic now. So, easy. Easy here. It's a, it's a mythic. It's a, it's a time walk. They, they haven't printed a time walk since they shifted actual time walk to mythic that hasn't been a mythic. So, it's a mythic? Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. that's, that's it. <laughs> it's those... This this one to me doesn't feel like a particularly good take an extra turn effect, but taking an extra turn is is it's a big it's big game and magic like that's going to win you a game um, with the power level of everything being so high at the moment. Like if you get to take one extra turn, or you can play multiple of these in your deck, it's only six mana with a foretell ability, so that's pretty reasonable I think in in any sort of good control deck. You're just gonna go take yeah. multiple extra turns in in that deck, and yeah, I think that that is a, that's a pretty mythic effect. I think you're right. Yeah, time time walks are just they're just mythic now. Like every every time walk they printed has been mythic, so I guess this is just the rule. And if it does feel mythic, like time walking does feel like you're sort of doing some of the most powerful things you can do in Magic. Yeah, and also you get two one one flyers, which you know is a win condition, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, it's not the worst. Yeah, and it has foretell. So uh, yeah, exactly. It has foretell, so it has a cost reduction. It, yeah, mm-hmm. I think it. I think. I think it is. I think it's a hit. Yeah, that's it. Cool. Next up is Battle Mammoth. That's three green green for a six five elephant with trample, and whenever a permanent you control becomes the target of a spell or ability an opponent controls, you may draw a card. It also has foretell for two green green. Uh yeah, big dumb green mythic. And it fits that role pretty well. It's a big green creature, which is kind of a little bit overstated, and draws cards because obviously it's a green mythic, and has four tap. So Also, I can't believe there hasn't been a card before in the history of Magic in the last 28 years that was called Battle Mammoth. Yeah, Battle Mammoth <laughs> seems like it seems like one of those strange names that could have just been in like Legends or Arabian Nights or something. 
Yeah, and it's like a seven mana three two. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like this is this 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 is an easy mythic because it's a big green elephant that draws cards. Like it's it, easy. Yeah, I think this one is a myth. Of course you do. <laughs> I think of course you do. That's it. For for me, like this doesn't feel mythic. Like I understand why it's just just the big green mythic of the set, but it it doesn't feel as mythic as many of the others have. Like this to me, this doesn't feel as good as like Elder Gargadon. It certainly doesn't feel as like ridiculous as some of the other big mythic things that we've seen recently. So I think because some things in particular have been so big and wild and exciting, just seeing big powerful things like this don't feel mythic to me anymore. Like you know, like yeah, when, when we talk about that. Baneslayer Angel, it's like Baneslayer Angel doesn't feel like a mythic anymore. And compare it to Uro, compare it to like you know, Teferi or like Croxer or any any of the other big ridiculous mythics that we've seen. So I think the card's good. I think it's very good, but for me it just doesn't evoke that exciting mythic feeling. It's just it's just a big a big green trampler that can draw cards because because green can now. Like I think if, if this was like the first yeah. time that we'd seen card draw on on a green creature on a mono green creature like this, then yeah, sure that would be exciting. But you know, green having card draw is is hardly new now, is it? No, I suppose I suppose that's true. It's weird that the 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 card drawing bit on Leovold was green. Yeah, because this has Le- like a Leovold text, right? Whenever an opponent becomes target of a spell or ability, draw a card. Yeah, I always assumed that was the blue bit the of Leovold. Bit, yeah, turns out it's green because <laughs> <laughs> green cards can just have that text now. Which is I guess large. yeah, I guess the blue bit of Leovold is that your opponent can't draw more than one card per turn. Yeah, and the black bit is the three mana three three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's 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 weird that this is just a mono green card that has this text now. I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a five mana six five trample with upside that you can also cast for four mana sometimes. Like it feels pretty mythic. They've crammed a lot in. I think like again, if this had been twenty fifteen, I'd be a lot more excited about this, and would be like, yeah, this is mythic. This is class. This is going to see a lot of play. Whereas I I don't even know. See, this is a thing. I, mean, I guess I guess it probably your... probably does. I probably does see play because you can foretell it and then stick an ember cleave on it. But <laughs> sure, mm, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> I think part of the problem with this game is that your idea of a mythic is massively viewed between like through rose tinted glasses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like, if this was printed when I was twelve years old, yeah, it's a mythic. Yeah, and that's if, it. Like, it, just, it, was... it just doesn't excite me anymore. I think for me, that's that's the, the thing. Exc- that, that's implying that magic cards are exciting to you anymore. Oh, some and of them any, are. Any magic card printed after the year 1997 isn't exciting to you anymore. So. Uh, Teferi Time Rambler <laughs> exists. Okay, sure. Or in 2019, okay? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> we'll add that caveat on. Um, yeah, I, I understand that. But, like, I mean, it's not going to appeal to you either because you are not the kind of person that would cast a 5 mana 6 5 with upside. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> You're the kind of person that would find a way to remove this without proccing the card draw ability. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I understand how this doesn't appeal to you specifically. Yeah. I think it's a hit. I'm into it. Cool. Cool. We'll disagree on this one. We'll move on to Burning Rune Demon. It's four black black for a demon berserker. It's a 6 6, has flying, and when Burning Rune Demon enters the battlefield, you may search your library for exactly two cards not named Burning Rune Demon that have different names. If you do, reveal those cards. An opponent chooses one of them. Put the chosen card in your hand and the other into your graveyard. Then shuffle your library. Um, I, hmm. 
it's weird because I kind of think it's a mythic for limited reasons, right? Because yeah, you do yeah. not want multiple copies of these running around a draft table. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it's a six mana six six that finds your two best bombs. If this isn't already your best bomb, yeah. <laughs> and then and then you get to keep one of them. It's it's weird because we've had tutoring effects are uncommon, right? Diabolic tutor is an uncommon that sees that that sees print in standard sets. Yeah. It's also very similar to specifically what's the card from Dominaria? Five mana, search for two cards, put one in your graveyard, one in your hand. Uh, I can't remember the name, but I. But it's an uncommon, right? Yeah. It's got picture of Liliana, right? Yeah. Um, it's also like Jared's Orders, which does that exact thing in, in black-green, which is a rare. Uh, so I guess the fact that your opponent gets to choose, that seems like a downside to me. Yeah, it's it's like Runescar Demon with downside, but also costs one less. Yeah, exactly, and Runescar Demon's a rare, right? Yeah. So I don't I don't really understand why this is Mythic. Maybe they just had a, a black Mythic spot to fill, which I think when we come to our next card... Yeah, I, I, think, I think with this... Like you're right. Like it being a six mana six six, that tutors your your best. You know your, your best. Sec, you know your second and third best card in your deck. For limited reasons, that does have to be a mythic. Like I fully fully agree with, with you on that. But mm-hmm. uh, I I don't think this is a very exciting card. I think it's a cool card. It's, a, it's an interesting design, but I don't think it's very exciting. I think uh, this is going to be a good card for cube. Um, there's always some sort of reasonable reanimator strategy in any cube, and if this makes its way into the the, the vintage cube or the legacy cube, like that would be quite good in there, I think, because then you just go and get like Elish Norn and Grizzlebrand or Iona and Grizzlebrand, put one of them in your graveyard and reanimate. Or, you know, your opponent chooses which one they want to face less, I guess, and then you just reanimate it. So it's, I think it's quite a cool card for stuff like that for cube, but it, it doesn't feel mythic to me. I think I'd feel better about it if they had, like, Menace or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, when they yeah, just definitely. arbitrarily chuck on another keyword to a card. Yeah. At I least, that it, at least it it's a more... demon that's a 6 mana 6-6, six, six, though. It's got that 6-6-6. Six, six, six. Yeah. That's quite good. That I guess that's good. I mean, it's also a Berserker. I guess that might be relevant for standard tribal reasons. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Or, or at least, you know, lore-wise, tribal reasons. That's yeah. kind of interesting, I guess. Makes it a little bit more interesting than just a demon. Yeah, I mean, oh, I like yeah. it. I do like the card. I think it is kind of cool, but it, it definitely doesn't excite me. It's not it doesn't have that mythic feeling for me. So I'm, I'm going to say this one's a myth. Yeah, I'm going to say it's a myth as well. I, if if nothing else, it's definitely going to be a, a bulk mythic. I think yeah. for a, yeah. for at least a couple of years before EDH players start increasing the price on it. <laughs> cool. Has to do with all trooper cards. Uh, next up, we'll move to Eradicate a Valkyrie. That's two black black for a four three uh, Angel Berserker. It's flying life link hexproof from Planeswalkers. And has boast one a black sacrifice a creature, each opponent sacrifices a creature or planeswalker. It says a lot about magic, or maybe just me as a person, that this doesn't feel mythic to me. <laughs> See, this, this this feels like a hit to me. This, this oh my god! Why do we disagree? <laughs> it has hexproof from planeswalkers. It's the first time we've seen that, right? Yeah, but you could put that on an uncommon. It'd be fine. It we live in a world. Be we very have... very exciting. We we live in a world where we now have a common Ruskers contempt. Like it doesn't. Yeah, sure. <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't really mean anything anymore. I I get like we talked about this uh, the other week, right? When this is like the anti Oko card or just the the anti stupid players or card in general. Um, and I guess for that reason, yeah, it's a mythic and it also has boast and you know, but the boast ability doesn't seem 
like the possibility could could be on an uncommon. Um, I feel like if it didn't I don't, have I don't think you could put it on, a, on an uncommon. Like uncommon, one in the black sacrifice a creature, each opponent sacrifice a creature or planeswalker. Walker, maybe yeah, like maybe not sacrifice a creature, but not a planeswalker on an uncommon. Yeah, maybe not. I think there's just it, it's just a, a, a soup of enough things that make it a mythic, but it just yeah. doesn't. That's it. It's like, like, uh, so like it's a Seraph of the Scales from Radical Allegiance. Yeah, yeah. Well, like it doesn't. That card's sweet. This is what I mean about like it's it's like some kind of innate feeling that I don't really I can't really verbalize. <laughs> but it's just like okay, none of those things are really mythic, but when you put them all together, I kind of get it. And that yeah. makes sense to me. So to me, the, it kind of feels like like the reverse of the of the Battle Mammoth, like. If we'd seen hexproof from planeswalkers or this sacrifice a creature opponent sacrifice a planeswalker ability, like on a on a on a creature before, then yeah, sure. Like you know, give it another couple of years, and this is probably a myth. But I think at this point for me, this is exciting. This is cool. I uh, I think it's a hit. Sure, I think I'm willing to concede on that. I I. It doesn't feel very mythic, but I kind of understand why it is, and I feel yeah. that's how I feel about a lot of things, like like with the Burning Redeeming, right? Like I understand it kind of has to be, but it doesn't feel. But it's yeah, that's mythic-y. it. Like the, the 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 demon could have could have like limited like limited reasoning aside. I think the the Burning Redeeming could have easily been a rare, whereas this like Hexproof from Planeswalkers is is big game, and at the moment it looks like that only lives on mythic things. Yeah, I guess it's a it's a new ability. If that makes sense. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Uh, next, we move on to Essica, God of the Tree. That's one green green for legendary creature god. It's one four with vigilance, and she has add one mana of any color when you tap her. And other legendary creatures you control have vigilance and tap add one mana of any color. And then on the back is a five color legendary enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, reveal cards in the top of your library until you reveal a creature or planeswalker card. Put that card on the battlefield, and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Uh-huh, this is a hit. Should we move on? Yep, this is the easiest hit <laughs> out of the lot, I think, like, 100%. Like, even even easier than the Planeswalkers, I think. This is, this is like... This is ridiculous, right? Yeah, it's just your five-colour five, five color Planeswalker, which I think have historically all been mythic. Uh, I can't think of a five-colour commander that's not mythic. Uh... Uh, yeah, this is just stupid. It just does stupid things. Yeah. <laughs> it's yep. not for drafts. It's for commander and maybe it's season playing standard. And I mean, the front side's kind of overstarted for it as it is. Like, yeah, that's it. Like the front side is perfectly playable and limited. Three mana, one four vigilance, and is also mm-hmm. a mana dork. Like, yeah, I'd mm-hmm. play that any day of the week. Yeah, it's it's I uh, like the the front the front half is rare worthy, and then it has a backside which makes it mythic anyway, and then the backside is ridiculous. So yeah, easy, <laughs> easy hit. Glad we agree there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, next up, we've got Goldspan Dragon. That is three red red for a creature. It's a dragon. It's four four flying haste. Whenever Goldspan Dragon attacks or becomes the target of a spell, create a treasure token. And treasures you control have tap a sacrifices artifact. Add two mana of any one color. I genuinely thought this was a rare. Uh, me too, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's it's. Kind of a ridiculous ability that it just it doubles the all of the mana that your your treasure makes. I guess it's mana flare for treasure. It's treasure flare, right? <laughs> treasure flare. I think that's the that's the bit that tips it over that's to me. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the the joke. It's goldspan dragon. It's a hoarding dragon and doubles all your treasure. That's all. I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah, I think it, it's it's a a thunderbreak regent type thing, right? 
Yeah, so yeah. When yeah. it attacks becomes target as well, which I think would make it rare. And then when you have, you know, double the money you get from treasures, that just tips over into mythic. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a big stupid red dragon, and I'm cool with it. I genuinely thought I genuinely thought this was a rare. Yeah, I. <laughs> which I guess speaks for itself. I I I think I'm gonna go with myth for this one. I think it's a good sure. card. I think it's a very good card. I think it's probably gonna see a lot of play in standard. Uh, it's you know it is it's like that Thunderbreak Regent Glorybringer style creature. Uh, I don't. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's not quite as good as Glorybringer. I don't think. Um, but five mana four four flying haste. Like yeah, we'll play that in standard all day long. And I, well, I think that's, the, that's the thing. I think the the, the ability. You're right. Like the ability is definitely the the point which pushes it over into like the the mythic rarity. You're doubling mana. Like when when do you double mana in red? So that's a that's definitely a consideration. But yeah, the the fact that we both didn't realize that it was a mythic, like <laughs> I think speaks yeah, a lot. Yeah, like, I think it's just it's just the big it's the big red dragon in the set. Like every set has pretty much, and it's not that exciting to me at all. Yeah, I think the fact that. It's a five mana four four with flying and haste that once it attacks refunds two of its own mana. It's kind of nuts. Yeah. I think that's kind of the like this is gonna be very, very powerful. Again, you do not want this in your limited games. Um which I think is part of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, I think the the refunding of mana and the fact that the, you know there's kind of a downside to killing it is makes it mythic to me I think I think it's yeah that's it hit. I mean compare this to Leyline Tyrant I think Leyline Tyrant feels far more of a has far more of a mythic feeling I think than, than this to me they're very similar they live in similar spaces I think in yeah, design yeah definitely well they yeah just, they all do it's the big four or five mana red dragons like it's yeah I, I think like, 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 like again I stuff. think if, if you'd printed this in 2015 then I'd probably be a lot more excited <laughs> about it but <laughs> Yeah, because because we were all bad magic players in 2015. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, I'm still a bad magic player now. <laughs> yeah, but you understand why you're bad. That's yeah, the difference. That's, that's how true. you know you've made it. Because that we all true. we're all still bad at magic, but we know why we're bad and why we should be better. But we're not. <laughs> that makes you makes you a better magic player. I think <laughs> understanding why you're bad. Yeah. This yeah, I think true. this is just a, this is just about a hit for me. I cool. Think. I'm I'm gonna give it a myth, but mm-hmm. understandable why. Why the card has to be mythic, definitely. Yeah. Cool. Next up, we've got Halvar, God of Battle. Two white white for legendary creature god. Four four creatures you control that are enchanted or equipped have double strike. At the beginning of each combat, you may attach target aura or equipment attached to a creature you control to target creature you control. And on the reverse, it's Sword of the Realms. One and a white for a legendary artifact equipment. A equipped creature has plus two plus zero and has vigilance. When an equipped creature dies, return it to its owner's hand. Equip for one and a white. Mm-hmm. It's an easy hit, right? Yeah, yeah, fully agree. An easy hit. Um, I, I, I don't even know if it's if it's that that good, really. I, but I mean, limited. It's it's going to be class and limited, one hundred percent. I don't know if it's if it's that good, but I, it's it's just that thing again. Like it's a cool legendary creature on the front, and then on the back, it's an equipment, and that's nothing that we've ever seen before. I think. That alone is is cool and exciting enough to be, to be a mythic. Yeah, and I mean it is it is relatively powerful. Whether that that's relative to standard or not. Yeah, is... that's it. I guess. Yeah, I guess if you, if you're using it as, as your commander or your 
have it in your 99 and you've got like an equipment commander deck like that's that's something that could definitely be relevant to see power there i think like when i look at it my instant thought is like that double strike doesn't do anything because you're you're using embercleave which has double strike anyway yeah um but yeah i mean like it's all just it's all just kind of stacked up right yeah definitely it gives a lot ability to your enchanted and equipped creatures. You can move auras and equipments, and then it has a thing like an equipment on the backside, which is relatively efficiently casted and rebuys the creature to your hand when it dies. Yeah, like, yeah. It's it's just again like it's one of this like there's so much on it that it's just all all together becomes a mythic. I think. Yeah, I, I fully agree. I think it, it is is quite an easy hit to, hit to me. Good. <laughs> cool. Uh, next up, we've got Haunting Voyage. That is four black black for a sorcery. Choose a creature type. Return up to two, to two creature cards of that type from your graveyard to the battlefield. If the spell was foretold, return all creature cards of that type from your graveyard to the battlefield instead. It has a foretell cost of five black black. So it costs one more, uh, but mm-hmm. the effect is far greater there. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really know about this one. This could be a rare and I wouldn't bat an eye. Yep. It's very much, uh, was it Command the Dreadhorde? Mm-hmm. Which is six mana and you can reanimate as many things as you want. Obviously it costs you life, but you can reanimate as many things as you want. This one is tribal, it makes you choose a creature type. Which I guess in a tribal set kind of makes this mythic, but it doesn't feel very mythic-y. It's not going to feel very mythic when you pay six mana to reanimate two things and they both have to share a creature type. Yeah, It's not like yeah, you can absolutely. pay, it's not like Ever After, where you can just reanimate two creatures... Um, and I guess the the like the fatal cast makes it more powerful because you're paying nine mana total, so you're reanimating everything. But again, like for nine mana, you can cast Rise of the Dark Realms, which reanimates everything, including everyone's graveyard, and doesn't. Yeah, I mean, for nine mana, you can cast a new and hold up a counter spell. <laughs> no, you, you can can't. do that. That's true. But, uh, no, you, I mean, you, you, can. you can hold up, hold up a, a, a spell pierce, I guess. But yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I I think I'm fully with you on this one. It does it it feels like quite similar to Command the Dread Horde, and and that was a rare and I I I get it. Like your tribal, like your zombie tribal commander deck, stick this in, and like that's gonna get sick. Like you get to the late game, you're all playing tribal decks. You get to the late game, and then eventually your top deck a haunting Voyage. So sweet, I'm gonna foretell this, and then you survive a turn. While your opponents are like, "Oh no, we know what's coming," then you get boom, haunting barrage, reanimate your whole graveyard, and win the game probably. So like, there's definitely going to be some yeah. cool moments like that. But like, as just a standalone card, this this doesn't do it for me. I think this this is a miss. Yeah, I would be inclined to agree. It's the it's the fact that it's on the face of it, like six mana to reanimate two things isn't isn't very mythic. Restricting it to two tribes isn't very mythic. And then when you foretell it. Um, only reanimating a certain tribe and only from your graveyard isn't very mythic-y. Like, it's yeah. all just sort of a little bit underpowered on every sort of level. Then again, like, I think if they printed the card where it was just, this was just ever after with Fatel for Rise of the Dark Realms, it would be stupid. So, maybe there's a, this is like the mid-ground they sort of fell to. Like, like all the all the Black Mythics we've we've talked about um, so far have just been this doesn't feel very mythic It's like they had a rare and wanted to push it a little bit and made it mythic. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It feels a bit of a myth. Maybe maybe black's just going to be the new white going forward. I say that it's it's not black. Just got like <laughs> enchantment destruction in the last set. Like yeah, yeah. Black's fine. Black's mm-hmm. fine. We're all good. Yep. There's some good black rares in the set. Yeah, just not mythics. I don't think. Yeah. Cool. 
Uh, next up we have Kaya the Inerexable. Three white black for a legendary planeswalker Kaya. Plus one, put a ghost form counter and up to one target non-token creature. It gains when this creature dies or is put into exile, return it to its owner's hand and create a 1-1 one, one white spirit creature token with flying. Minus three, exile target non-land permanent. Or minus seven, you get an emblem with at the beginning of your upkeep, you may cast a legendary spell from your hand, from your graveyard or from among cards you own in exile without paying its mana cost. Okay, we're going to do that whole thing where I say it's a mythic because it's a planeswalker and you disagree, right? No, this is incredible. I love this Okay, card. great. <laughs> <laughs> yes, okay, absolutely good. love this card like, even if it is just back to the old template of 5 mana planeswalker with a, a plus that sort of protects itself maybe, a minus that gets rid of something and ultimate that wins the game I, I love it, I don't think there's anything wrong with that formula and yeah, just keep keep tweaking and moving those dials and finding interesting characters and abilities to stick there, uh, I, I think Kai is great I absolutely love this card and yeah, just the fact that it's got a stupid a stupid combo potentially as well with that uh, Khan's, whatever it's called, Khan's, Khan's Temple or something. Yep, that's the one. Yep. I just, it's great. Love this card. Kai uh-huh. is a class character. Uh, and yeah, it's it's nice and suitably weird. It's great. Easy Good. Hit. Yeah, and I think we, we talked about this a few weeks ago. It's just, they've really sort of boiled down what it is, like what Kai is as a character. Yeah. And they managed to make her, even when it's like, you know, you said that, that boring sort of five mana uh typical Planeswalker template. They've still made it very, very Kaya, um, yeah. and everything she does is very tied into her character, and yeah, it's 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 a cool card, and it's easily a hit. And I'm glad we don't have to disagree on that. Remember when you said Vivian wasn't a mythic from a Corey? <laughs> remember that? Yeah. God, this is what I'm scared of going into these episodes, of you just saying something like that again, and me having to be, not, be annoyed with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we still do have a couple more Planeswalkers in the set, so maybe. Maybe I'll have to oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. on those. I, I absolutely do. Yeah, hell yeah. But uh, first up, we've got Coma, Cosmos Serpent. Three green, green, blue, blue for a legendary creature, Serpent. This spell can't be countered. The beginning of each upkeep, create a 3-3 blue serpent creature token named Coma's Coil. Sacrifice another serpent, choose one. Tap target permanent, its activated abilities can't be activated this turn. Coma, Cosmos Serpent gains indestructible until end of turn. That's a 6-6. Okay, a very easy hit. Yeah, I I am a big fan of this cut. Uh, it, it's it's weird. It's a really really weird card, and uh, I really like that. I think that's for me at least. That's where like blue green's identity should be uh, when you you're making like really cool like rares and mythics. Like make it weird, make it good. Uh, it's definitely has, it has that, that that good powerful. This spell can't be counter text, so that's that's always good. And then it just it does strange things, and I love it. And I'd much rather we have this abomination than a three mana six six. Yeah, that's that's one of the the good things about it. It's a it's a blue green mythic that feels very much like a mythic that doesn't draw cards and isn't going to win you the game on yep. the spot. You know, like for for far too little mana. Uh, yeah, this this card's great. I've already got a commander deck built around it. I just need this card to be printed. <laughs> um, it's very cleanly pushed for commander, and the fact that you make a serpent each upkeep is kind of stupid. So you get, you know, for a turn, if you're yeah, commander. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it protects itself. And I, I love the sort of, like, the lore of it, just being a big serpent that you happen to sail past and then it sprouts up all its, like... I guess it's not tentacles, because it's just meant to be, like, an endless serpent, right? Just coils, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what um, the tokens look like. But yeah, just, you know, it's trying to mess with you and then it can get in the way of something with one of its coils so you don't attack it and then it can give itself indestructible so it doesn't actually die. 
to when you try and remove it. It's just it's a very it's a very cool design. It feels very mythy. Yeah. It's very it it really fits the the uh, the lore and feel of Kaldheim. Yeah, definitely big big fan, and I, yeah. it might even it might even see some standard play as well. I think that the fact that it can't yeah. be countered and that ability where you can just make a make a coil every turn and protect itself with the coil, I think might just be good enough. Big yeah, fan. it's 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 really really good. Uh, yeah, like the the can't be countered thing is great as well. You just you, you, this is inevitable. <laughs> you, will, you will you will meet the big sea serpent when you cool. sail past it. So next up is Nico Aris. Uh, it is X White Blue Blue for Legendary Planeswalker Nico. And when Nico Aris enters the battlefield, create X Shard tokens. Uh, they come in with three loyalty and have plus one up to one target creature you control can't be blocked this turn. Whenever that creature deals damage this turn, return it to its owner's hand. Minus one Nico Aris deals two damage to target top creature for each card you've drawn this turn. And then minus one create a shard token. Okay. Okay, so I just had a go at you about calling Planeswalkers not mythic. Mm-hmm. Oh, this doesn't feel very mythic to me. What? I, yeah, it's not very good. <laughs> I mean, I could be wrong on that, and I've definitely been wrong on evaluating Planeswalkers before. But I, I think the only reason that this is a mythic is because it does shard token things. And, and it has X in its casting cost. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it has... It has X in its casting cost in a way that X hasn't been used in the command cost of a planeswalker before. So, like we've had X on Nissa uh, Steward elements, yeah. yeah, which makes which which she comes in with that much loyalty. Um, Nikaris is just like it's an X on top of it. it. It's it it feels like it's a mythic because it showcases a mechanic, like we've seen yeah. with other things, right? Like the the Eradicate of Valkyrie, like showcasing bow straight. It, it this just feels like this is mythic because it's. Like like you've said before, like it doesn't have to be powerful. It's just it's showcasing a new mechanic, right? It does a thing that a planeswalker hasn't done before. It's yeah, kind of that, interesting. that's it. Yeah, again, t- t- that that mythic feeling for me. Like it, the card itself doesn't necessarily have to be good, but it has to be exciting. And I, I think this is a very very exciting card. Like the weird weird CMC, the the plus one ability, then two minus one abilities. It's yeah, like charge tokens, like that's new, and I think shard tokens are going to be very good as well. Um, yeah, I for me this this is this is an easy hit, uh, just because it's a very exciting card, and maybe like maybe it does see some standard play as well. Yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not opposed to that. Like being just a late game thing, you can just shove a bunch of mana in a very very slow Sphinx's revelation is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it just it's. It's a new design on a plate. So, you know, we talked about how Kai is just this sort of going back to the standard of five mana, plus one, yep. vaguely protected, minus three card advantage, not card advantage, removal, and um, minus seven, do a stupid thing. This is very, very different to that. Yeah. X and its mana cost, it doesn't have an ultimate, it just ticks up and down and up and up and down. Like, it, it's, that's, that's why it's mythic, I suppose. It just doesn't feel, it doesn't have that sort of, I don't have that gut feeling about it, being like really yeah. excited about it. Which is what you've used as an excuse before, so I'm going to steal it this time. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's totally totally valid. I just yeah, for me, it's it's very exciting. It's very strange, and we've never had anything like it before. And yeah, love it, love it. I also don't really like the showcase art. Yeah, the showcase art is is a bit odd. Um, I don't mean to insult Sarah Winters, but it looks a bit unfinished, and it kind of annoys me. Yeah, it looks it it looks like 
clearly very digital to me. It kind of has that feeling of like there was there was a certain a certain era around like Battle of Zendikar over the Gatewatch where there was a lot of the art just looked like it was just like like three D rendered art, and I think this this very much feels like that. I think for me, I think when you compare it to like the just like the regular version, I think Winona Nelson's done a, a fantastic fantastic job in the art there. I think I prefer that art definitely. Yeah, and I don't want to crap on artists because also this is oh, yeah. much better than anything I could ever produce in my 100%. entire lifetime. Hundred percent. By a lot, art is art is totally subjective anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's turning into like a bougie art podcast. Yeah. <laughs> art is subjective, and I, I'm wrong. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Next up, we have Olvar the All Form, three in a blue for legendary creature shapeshifter. Changeling, it's a 3-3, and has whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, if it targets one or more other permanents you control, create a token that's a copy of one of those permanents. And when a spell or ability an opponent controls causes you to discard this card, create a token that's a copy of a target permanent. So I didn't, we talked about this a couple weeks yes. ago, I didn't, I didn't appreciate this is just a strictly better Misform Ultimus. Yeah, this card is ridiculous. It's just exactly Misform Ultimus with just a bunch more text on it for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't really get, like, so this is clearly put in as a commander as a commander plan. Yeah, it just 100%. Means that... It's a, the, the strange blue commander card in the set, and yeah. it's it's sweet. I like. I, I guess I'm just going to call it, like, I, I think this is a hit, 100%. I don't think it's going to see any plain standard or historic or, or anywhere relevant apart from commander, but... It's it's that weird exciting ability. Like the the possibilities are endless. It's the all form. Uh, I, I love it. Just absolutely love this card. Yeah, it's it's very very cool. I think I think it's a hit. I just think yeah. it's very weird that they've just printed a strictly better misform Ultimus for seemingly no reason. Just means that everyone <laughs> that's built a most misform Ultimus deck, this is strictly better. Even if you don't have any real ways to proc that ability, <laughs> yeah, it's still strictly better because it's a four mana three three with Changeling that's a legendary blue creature, and then just has a bunch more text for no reason. Yeah, I do totally. think it's weird that if it causes you to discard, I think they're clearly thinking about some kind of actual constructed implication with the the Loxodon Smiter obstinate bailoff text. Yeah, well, if you discard it, because like if it's, if this is designed to be a commander card, that text is irrelevant. It, like it's relevant in like point one percent of cases, right? Where your commander gets banned to your hand. But it just yeah, weird. yeah, yeah, definitely. It just it just it just seems a weird little add-on. But yeah, this is just strictly better. Miss Formos is a commander plant. Is a weird tentacle monster thing. Yeah, I'm into it. Yeah, it's, it, it it definitely feels like a mythic. Yeah, I absolutely do love the showcase art for this one as well. Um, I think I love is, all the showcase arts. They're all so the showcase good. arts are, are fantastic, but I, I think this might be one of my favorite bits of showcase art in the set. Just it's very very good. So cool. Cool. So next up, we come to our second red mythic. There we have Quakebringer. It's three red red for a giant berserker. It's a five four. Your opponents can't gain life. At the beginning of your upkeep, Quakebringer deals two damage to each opponent. This ability triggers only if Quakebringer is on the battlefield, or if Quakebringer is in your graveyard and you control a giant. It has foretell two red red. I also thought this was a rare. Yep. <laughs> yeah, this is the uh, this is the red commander plant. There, your opponents can't gain life. Uh, I, I mean, that's just that's I just think, text. Yeah, I think this one is is also a a myth. Um, it's like it's fine, and it it may see some standard play. Like Bone Crusher Giant is the most played card in standard, I think, <laughs> currently. Yeah. Uh, you know, giants are definitely a thing. There's plenty of giants in this set. Like Giant Tribal could well be a thing. Uh, just 
just like the, the second ability of having this in your graveyard while you've got a bone crusher giant on, on the field could be relevant definitely in standard yeah yeah but uh, realistically I, I don't know if there's any reason why this couldn't be a rare again very very yeah. similar to the gold span dragon or the, the haunting barge it's, it's what it feels like to me it's a vaguely pushed foretell card and i guess that kind of meets the requirement yeah for mythic in this set uh yeah i, I genuinely genuinely thought this was a rare and on second blush i don't feel like it is a mythic like I did with the with the dragon, right? The Godspan yeah. dragon, Godspan dragon. I read that read that text and thought about it for a minute, and like, sure, that that makes it mythic because it refunds two of its mana when you have a treasure. This I just genuinely thought it was rare, and I don't really get it. I guess you have you have Bone Crusher Giant, which is you know seeing a lot of play in in um, standard and historic, and is seeing play modern and stuff. It's just a very good card. It's a, it's a relevant giant. Um, I, I guess you have Tectonic Giant from Theros Beyond Death. That is a giant that curves nicely into you know. You can do stomp into bone crusher into that into this and like you know, yeah. There's there's a couple of like it. there's a couple of cool like red and blue giants in this set and then there's the the saga as well the uh, invasion of the giant saga the red blue one you, yeah reveal mm-hmm. giant from your hand uh, when you do it deals two damage target opponent on planeswalker makes giants cost two less to cast as well like. Mm-hmm, I, maybe maybe there's just giant tribal and standard like maybe that's a thing um yeah but as far as this individual card goes i i, I think it's a myth definitely yeah it's not even like it's an it's an undercosted giant because they've been sort of cutting the mana cost of giants recently because it turns out seven mana giants aren't playable in standard in any kind of way uh beanstalk giant is that's not a seven mana giant <laughs> that's that's a that's a three mana ramp that yeah. happens to be a good card on the other end. Like yeah, sure, it's not sure. good because it's a seven mana big big. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I it just I honestly thought it was a rare, and I I am shocked to learn that it is not. Yeah. So if that tells cool. you everything you need to know. I think, I think we're in agreement there, definitely. Mm-hmm. Cool. Next up, we have Resplendent Marshal. That is one white white for a angel warrior. It says flying. It's a three three. When it enters the battlefield or dies, you may exile another creature card from your graveyard. When you do, put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control, other than Resplendent Marshal that shares a creature type with the exiled card. It's a lot of words. It is a lot of words. Uh, I, again, I don't think this is a hit either. I think this is. I don't get it. <laughs> it it kind of feels like the the opposite of haunting barrage maybe it's it's that it's because it's like kind of a tribal set so it does like tribally things but i don't think the tribal things that it does are particularly mythic it's a three mana three three flying angel with text and that, that's kind of been their their thing for mythics i guess yeah. in white sometimes um i i don't really when you do it's it's the kind of thing where like you have to read it twice and therefore, that kind of makes it a little bit mythic because you don't understand what it does straight away. Then it's about or dies. You may X on the like. It only does it once. It's not like all the time. It's yeah, not like a, yeah. It's so not like it, a it, it, it can do it. It can do it twice. So when it is battlefield, you can exile a, another creature card from your graveyard and put a plus one plus one card on each creature you control. And then when it dies, you can do that again. But is that mythic? Is that exciting? Is that flashy and special and cool? I I, I don't I don't think so. And it's only that shares a creature top with it. It's not even every creature. Yeah, yeah. It's only angels and warriors. No, it's it's shares a type with the exiled card. Oh, the exiled. And that's still weird. So it, yeah, it could it it might not even be angels and warriors. It might just be angels, yeah. or it might just be warriors, or it might just be cats. Like, 
fully, fully agree. I, I don't know why this is a mythic. Uh, I think this could have easily been a rare. I don't think that ability is going to be relevant very often. I guess, like, there's there's always potential because of... Um, uh, what's the, the the one that's, that's in standard? That's like Doomblade. Destroy target creature that doesn't have a counter on it. Oh, Heartless Act. That's the one, yeah. Like, potentially, it sees play because that card sees a lot of play, but I, I don't know. I, I don't think this card is particularly exciting or that good, to be honest. I mean, I think if it was a 3-minute 3-3 three, three flyer that entered the battlefield and put a 1-1 counter in each creature you control, it would kind of be a little bit mythic. The fact that this can put a thing if you exile a creature card, which, how many creature cards are you going to have in your graveyard on turn 3? Yeah. None? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, yeah, it's it's a very weird design. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm calling this one a myth. Cool. Uh, next up we have Starnheim Unleashed. It's two white white for a sorcery. Create a 4-4 white angel warrior creature token with flying and vigilance. If this spell was foretold, create X of those tokens instead. And the foretell cost is XX white. And then obviously you pay two to exile from your hand to, to set it up for the foretell. Whatever they call that. <laughs> uh, do you like Entreat the Angels? Ah, oh, I love Entreat the Angels. Do you like a kind of worse Entreat the Angels? Yeah, I mean, I, I like it. I think it's cool. I think, is it is it a hit or a myth? Is the, is the question though, isn't it? I think it's a hit because it's doing something weird with Fortel. Yeah, I think on that grounds alone. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Because even like, if you, yeah, if you do it for like, if you Fortel for five mana, that's gonna be. You pay one more mana and you get a whole extra angel. Yeah, I guess I guess there's there's potential there for it to get big, but it doesn't it doesn't feel that exciting. It feels quite good, but not not quite exciting. But yeah, because it's foretell with an X in its cost, then I kind of feel inclined to give it a hit. That's, I feel like that's I have to it, give it a hit. That's what it takes. Like yeah. like with Enjoy the Angels, the fact that it's a miracle cost of X makes it you know. It's a weird play around with the foretell mechanic. Yeah, yeah. So that's that kind of is enough, and also it makes a bunch of flying angels with vigilance. Like that's very mythicy, and also yeah. it's kind of, it's a it's a story spotlight. Like you know. Yeah, that's it. I think I think if it had been an instant, then it would it would be an easy easy hit for me. If but it was an instant, it would be too good. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Four mana. Four mana create a four four white angel with flying and vigilance at instant. I, I don't know. But the yeah, X. Mana, maybe yeah, the X, the X. What? Cost, I guess. I guess. <laughs> so what if? Okay, so you want this to be white and zenith on crack, and then you'd want it to be. Then it would be a mythic to you. Well, yeah, clearly <laughs> it, would be, <laughs> okay. it would be an easy hit. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> okay then. But uh, yeah, yeah, I think, I think I'm going to go with hit, but yeah, I don't feel good about saying it's a hit. Okay, I mean, sense. I think it's cool. The, the showcase art's amazing. Mm. That's, yeah, showcase art is incredible. That's absolutely incredible. I'm into it. I think it's good. Cool. Next up, we have Tarolf, God of Fury. Two red, red for legendary creature god. It's a 5 4 with trample. Whenever a creature or planeswalker an opponent controls, it's dealt excess non combat damage. Tarolf deals damage equal to the excess to any target other than that permanent. And on the back is Tarolf's Hammer, one red. 
Uh, it's an equipment. Each creature has one red tap unattached Trolf's Hammer. Deals three damage to, to any target. Return Trolf's Hammer to its owner's hand. Equip creature gets plus three plus zero as long as it's legendary and it's one red to equip it. Yeah, this is pretty easy. Yeah, easy, easy hit for me. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah, it, it does excessively silly red things or excessively red red things and yeah I love it mm-hmm. love yeah. both sides I mean, of it yeah it's that it's that thing again it doesn't mean that we haven't seen a card do before it also has the MDFC casters as a creature or an equipment thing which yeah. we have agreed makes things mythic it's also a 4 mana 5-4 with trample on upside yeah uh, it's, yeah, like, it's, it's, like it's, it's like it has mega trample almost as well <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah it's, it's doing a, it's doing a new thing that we haven't seen um, on a at least on a, on a permanent before We've, we had actual Trample spell, right? Yeah. They actually printed that in Black Border, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Ram through. Ram through. The green one from. Um, There's the a red one that's just like three mana deal four damage if it deals excess to the player, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which was a. I can't remember the name of that, yeah. Wasn't uncard. Uh, yeah, this is. It's, uh, it's stupid. <laughs> it does a lot of things and it's sufficiently costed, so. And uh, yeah, it's a mythic. Easy. Yeah. Love it. And again, showcase art is incredible. Uh, specifically, the skeleton that's been struck by lightning. <laughs> it's a big fan good. of that. I'm a big fan. It's very good. Awesome. Uh, next up, we have Tyvar Kel. Two green, green. Legendary Planeswalk, Tyvar. Elves you control have tap, add black. Comes in with three loyalty, lean, has plus one. Put your plus one, plus one counter up to one target elf. Untap it against Death Touch until end of turn. Zero, create a 1-1 one, one green elf warrior creature token. And then minus six, you get an emblem with whenever you cast an elf spell, it gains haste until end of turn, and you draw two cards. Easy, easy hit to me. Yeah, it's an easy, it's easy hit. It's just yep. too easy. <laughs> it, it, yeah. it it just does everything. It's like, it's just elf trouble in a cam. Yeah, um, just, it makes elves in the shadow. Like, it's sweet. It's absolutely class. Um, obviously, Fraley's was kind of like the first card that comes to mind as a comparison, but... It's yeah, it's sick. Yeah. Like it can untap an elf. That's that's always a worrying thing. Yeah, this being able to untap a priest of Titania is probably interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah. It makes elves itself with the zero, that's pretty cool. And then minus six. Mm-hmm. Draw two cards in green, that's pretty good. That's just pretty green. Good. That's not pretty good. That's just that's just part that's of It's just green now. That's just green now. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I also like that in the showcase art he gets a turn. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he he just looks really cool as well. I'm a big fan of these big swollen elves. Yeah, I think the main reason you think it's a mythic is because you have a massive crush on Tyvar. That's that's fine. <laughs> that, I'll, no, I'll I, let that influence your decision. It's a crush, but it's certainly like in <laughs> awe. In awe of his, his just rippling body. Yeah, big fan. <laughs> Excellent. Very jealous. <laughs> You'll get there. You'll get there. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. This is what do, this is what playing Elf Trouble gets for you, Joe. <laughs> You should stop playing all those stupid combo decks and play creatures. Yeah. Maybe this is the card that does that for you, so you get to look at maybe, that all the time. Maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> Have an excuse to look at it. No longer, no longer big brain. Now just big muscles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You want to live the himbo life. I know that oh, about yeah. you. <laughs> but you're just too smart, so don't make fun of it. Cool. Let's move on to another card that I absolutely love. It is a Valky God of Lies. One and a black for legendary creature god. It's a 2-1. When Valky enters the battlefield, each opponent reveals their hand. For each opponent, exile a creature card they revealed this way until Valky leaves the battlefield. You pay X, choose a creature card exiled with Valky with converted money cost X. Valky becomes a copy of that card. And then on the back, it, oh, it's still so funny to me. 
On the back of the card, it is a Tybalt Cosmic Imposter. Five black red for legendary planeswalker Tybalt. As Tybalt enters the battlefield, you get an emblem with you may play cards exiled of Tybalt, Cosmic Imposter, and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any colour to cast these spells. Plus two, exile the top card of each player's library. Minus three, exile target artifact or creature. Minus eight, exile all cards from all graveyards. Add red, red, red. So it always bears well for a card when I can hear you smiling while reading it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's 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 just ridiculous. Like every yep. everything about this about this card just makes you kind of go like, what? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've read it a hundred times now. I'm still just like, yeah, this is yeah. this is silly, but in a good way. Yeah, I mean, a creature in a planeswalker on one card is mythic enough. Yep. Um, and then the front side's very powerful, and then the back side's stupidly powerful. Like the back sure. side's just stupid. Like <laughs> it, the back of the card is a planeswalker. When it enters the battlefield, you get an emblem, and then it has like uh, like a minus eight where you exile all cards from all graveyards, and then add red, red, red. Like what's going on there? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot could be said about this card. I love I think it. it yeah, it's an it. easy. It's stupid. It's great. It's a very easy hit. It's a very stupid card. Like the the front side's good. I think the front side is a good card that we'll we'll just see some play anyway. If that was mm-hmm. if the front side, if the card was just the front side and it was a rare, I think that would be good enough to see some play somewhere. Yep. But the back side is ridiculous, and the fact you can cascade into it from a <laughs> from a, 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 a bloodbraid elf is a. Ridiculous. And a sharper surgeon. Yeah, it's very, very stupid. Yeah. I'm a yeah. Uh, this card's easy. It's an easy hit, and yeah. uh, it's very stupid. I look forward to seeing this in play. Yeah, I'm looking forward to casting both sides of this. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. It'd be great. <laughs> and finally, last but not least, is uh, Vorinclex Monstrous Raider. Four green, green for a legendary creature, Phyrexian Predator. The six six has trample haste, and if you would put one or more counters on a permanent or player, put twice that many of each of those kinds of counters on that permanent or player instead. And if an opponent would put one or more counters on a permanent or player, they put half that many of each of those kinds of counters on that permanent or player instead. Rounded down. Well, yeah, this uh, easy hit. <laughs> yep, easy, easy hit once again. Uh, yeah, the fact that it has, like, even if if it didn't have all of that strange bizarre tongue twister text the fact that it has like a phyrexian language version of the card alone is, is enough to make it an easy hit for me i think like yeah it's sweet this card is is really cool it's yeah. going to be really really frustrating to play against in commander because you know they're playing dublin season in that deck as well and then you've got to get judges involved and layers and all of that fun fun things um yeah i think i think it's great will it see play in standard probably not will it see play anywhere that isn't commander probably not but it's sweet uh kind of kind of love that this card exists which is definitely a million miles from from what i felt when i first saw it when it was leaked yeah it's it's also kind of cool when you see the the vague law behind Warrenclex. yeah uh, being on being on kaldheim that he was brought through um what's the portal called the, just the planar portal the the, uh, the planar bridge yes yeah planar bridge from Tezzeret and then was just like all skeleton because meat and flesh can't travel through the portal so yeah. just ate loads of things and regained flesh <laughs> <laughs> as shown in the Drokes art which is pretty gross 
But yeah. these makes sense. Like uh, we're in a summer barracks. It's an easy. It's foreign clicks. You can't have a Phyrexian on a plane that doesn't have any of the Phyrexians and not make it mythic. That would be absurd. Yeah. It's also technically the first Phyrexian as well in the game. Like that's sweet. Are we routering all Phyrexians to now have Phyrexian as a creature type? Uh, you would hope so. I, I don't think I've seen confirmation of it yet, but you would hope so. I'd have thought so. That would make sense. Yeah. Sweet. But yeah, sweet. Easy, once again, easy, easy hit to, to end this. And yeah, I think I think we did pretty good there. I think we're, we're mostly in agreement. Yeah, which isn't, you know, doesn't make for dynamic podcasting, but it, it's nice. No, I, I agree with you there, but like, I don't know. I don't know, Nicaragua's easy, easy hit for me. Easy hit. You're allowed to be wrong, that's fine. <laughs> no, I think, that's the thing, I, like, I don't think you're completely mad, like, you know, when you said uh, Vivian Monster's Advocate wasn't a mythic. I just, I just disagree on a very base level, and I think I can understand your point of view, and hopefully you can understand mine, and that's fine. Other than that, yeah. we've agreed, so, you know. <laughs> it's, it's all good. Oh, I just wait till, wait till Magic Fests come back, then we can have it out properly. No! <laughs> you're, you're much stronger than I am. Uh, we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> Just keep doing my weights. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So yeah, uh, any any closing closing thoughts on, on Cal Time before it releases? Before we it's speak? really cool, and I'm really not looking forward to sorting all these cards into different versions with the printings. Yeah. Like I happened yeah. with basically every standard set recently. Yeah, I, I think it it's very different to how I had pictured or how I imagined Kaldheim would be uh, for, for the longest time I've wanted the Kaldheim set I've been very excited about that that setting about that plane and I think that this feels very different to what I had in mind but I think it looks great I think it looks yeah I think it looks absolutely fantastic there's definitely definitely a couple of things that I would have liked to have seen that we haven't seen so maybe that leaves some things open for, for a future return to Kaldheim uh, no, no, Angrath is a bit sad, but maybe he'll show up in some bit of lore somewhere, uh, or maybe, maybe Kaldheim isn't his home at all, and maybe somewhere else is, and we'll get to see another cool snowy plane where Angrath lives. Yeah, it is kind of surprising that he's not from here. Yeah, or at least isn't here in, at this time we visit. I mean, it could be because it just makes sense, right, that Angrath would be from Kaldheim. Yeah, well, he showed Kaldheim to, to Watley in um, the Ixalan story as well. When Watley and, Cal- and uh, Angrath meet, he talks about planes walking and is like, look, here's here's my home, and shows shows up his daughters in Kaldheim, apparently, and oh. but can't travel back. Huh. So what... So why is... Why is he not here? I, maybe this is one of the problems with having a single set block. Yeah, where you just can't put Angrath in and all the guards and Varenklex and all these other mechanics and stuff. Yeah, I, th- I think it's it's probably twofold. I think it's that coupled with the what feels like a much less linear story, or sort of has been since since Throne of Eldraine, really, since like the yeah. the War of the Spark thing ended. It feels like the story is obviously clearly set after War of the Spark, but it's kind of sort of jumped around in time a bit uh, between. I guess, like, Throne of Eldraine onwards. Like, Throne of Eldraine was during the time of War of the Spark, right? Uh, I think so, yeah, because none of those planeswalkers were on Ravnica, so... Yeah, 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 so yeah, War of the Spark was during... Eldraine was during War of the Spark, or, like, just after or just before, or whatever, and then everything else since then has been after War of the Spark, but in various different points since then. So, 
It's a strange one, definitely a strange one. It would have been cool to see Angrath in this set, but maybe maybe that leaves it open for a future set and we see Angrath come back. Yeah, it's but, kind of it's kind of upsetting story wise that this is just sort of a place marker where we're like, okay, Frexian's back and that's basically all that Kaldheim serves as a purpose for lore reasons. Yeah, yeah. Um I mean it, at least it fits in at all, unlike a courier, which doesn't appear to have any relevance to anything. I mean I mean Narset was there. <laughs> sure, that doesn't. She's not relevant. She was just there. Like it's, that was. I mean, that was that was that was all she had in the story. Like she's mentioned here, in one sentence in the story. That was it. Like, <laughs> oh, um, yeah. So like, that's kind of a shame that this is just sort of not relevant story wise. Yeah. In terms of the you know, the grand arc that we assume is happening following War of the Spark, but it's still it's a cool set, and I'm excited to open it and be wrong yeah. about all these cards I said were bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. it. It's very different to the Kaldheim I'd envisioned, but I think it looks great. And I, I can't wait. Also, the the map on Arena looks absolutely fantastic as well. Big fan of the like, snow covered stone, whatever it is, big monolith that we get to play on. I think it looks really cool. Does it make you feel nauseous? It does not. Good. That's, at least that's the, the static image that I've seen doesn't make me feel feel nauseous. So that you know, okay. fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. It doesn't give me motion sickness. <laughs> The, this is the least we can hope for from an arena, yeah. from a, an arena map. Oh yeah, cool. So that is pretty much all we have time for this week. How do you feel about Carl Time? How do you feel about a hit or miss? Are we were we just wrong once again as we usually are? Come hit us up on social media and get us on Twitter. We're at hfdcast, facebook.com slash hfdcast. Or if you really enjoyed anything in this episode, you can find us on patreon.com slash hour of devastation, where tiers start from as little as one dollar per month. It's roughly twenty twenty five cents per episode. Yeah, give us all that money that you definitely made off my advice about reservers cards. Yeah. <laughs> you should do that. There are definitely no other places you should be putting that money, like in your bank account. Um, if, if you want to find the podcast, you can find it on Spotify and SoundCloud and iTunes and Stitcher. If you wanted to go to one of those places and leave us a comment or a rating or a review, we'd really appreciate it. Or just share it with other people because we want other people to hear it. Yeah, if you want to find me on my own personal social media, on Twitter, you can find me at PeachGardenOaf. Over Vanef, Facebook, I'm Joe Loudon. I'm in pretty much any of the magic groups. Uh, this week I've been doing a lot of arguing about the reserve list and card prices, which was uh, always fun. Always fun. I also stream on Twitch as well, so every Friday night I do something magic related, twitch.tv slash peachgardenoaf. And then alternate Saturdays and Sundays we do a variety of different things. It's pretty cool. Come hang out. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at sneal69. Nice. I haven't been muted in over two weeks, so I feel that's personal growth. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm not saying you know, more outlandish. more active on on uh, social media than most presidents of the United States, most former presidents. <laughs> Let's not. It's, it's already over an hour. We can't. I can't. I can't oh, never gonna live now. it down. Never gonna live it down. He probably will. He'll probably be fine. Yeah. Nothing bad's gonna happen to him. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, and on that note, that's pretty much all we have time for this week. Once again, the God Pharaoh has returned, so see you again next week on Hour of Devastation.